another episode of the climbing henge podcast he just doesn't listen we're gonna be talking about female communication and listening skills and what's required we often hear statements such as well a a woman will make a statement such as he just doesn't listen or you just don't listen and what they're getting at, the idea here is that they're not feeling heard by you or by their partner, their husband, boyfriend, whatever, whoever it may be. That's, that's the essence or root of what that means. So what we're going to do on this podcast is we're going to talk about how to listen. How to listen to your partner, your girlfriend, your wife, your daughter so that they can feel heard and accepted and understood. Um, So what we're gonna do is, first of all, we're gonna talk about female communication styles. What are their dominant communication styles? What's their intent in how they use language? Well, you're gonna use some research from Julia T. Wood, who's a professor at North Carolina, who's done a lot of work in this area, um, to better understand that. Second, we're going to look at men's, male dominant communication style and how men use words and language to communicate. What's their main goal? What's their intent? And uh, we're going to use the same research from Julia Wood at North Carolina to look at that. Then we're going to get into a sequence of how to actually listen. What are the steps you can do to be a better listener? so that your partner can feel accepted and understood and supported. All right, so we're going to get into that in just a moment. Before we do, uh, I just want to share a quick story on what kind of uh, provoked me to want to do this podcast. I was looking at this website, theBulletproofHusband.com, and they had a section on how to listen to women. And their supposition was that, uh, their premise is that women primarily communicate to tell you their problems, okay? And that women get value from the more problems they have. So if one woman has 20 problems and another woman only has 10, the one with more problems, 20, is higher value. Now, I don't know where they've come up with this or derived it from. I've never seen any research that would tell you this, that, that women derive value from having problems, nor do they want to have a lot of problems. And so I think that should tell you something that, <laughs> that is ridiculous. Um, and one of the things they said in how to listen to your partner is when she's talking to you to first interrupt her and ask her what she wants from you. Um, so interrupting her is probably not allowing her to f- feel like you're listening to her or that she's being heard. Anyways, um, if somebody could find research that shows that women primarily communicate um, because they like to have problems 
and they derive value from having problems. I love to see it. I looked for it. I've seen no real research that tells us this. All right, so let's get into some real research from Julia T. Wood, and she's done a lot of work in this and communication styles from men and women and what they're seeking. And, and so what, what do women use language for? How do they use language and what's their intent and goal? And primarily, um, they use language to maintain and establish relationships. And what that has to do with is connecting, supporting, understanding, closeness. Again, I'm feeling heard. I'm feeling accepted by you. I'm connecting. I'm open, right? So if I have a goal in, in terms of how I want to listen to my partner, I want her to make her feel accepted and heard and supported and emotionally safe as well. That's important in a, in a relationship where you have two people and you want your partner to feel safe in terms of how um, you two are interacting. And so a lot of attention to the relationship level of communication with the woman, and that has to do with feelings and how I feel and how the relationship between the two people um, and the roles of how they connect works. We've talked on other podcasts about the feminine essence and the feminine essence in nature is a, it's about feeling. It's a feeling creature. Um, and of course, one of the key reasons is because of hormones and estrogen. Estrogen helps the woman to encode and have greater salience of emotions. So they read body language, they read vocal tone, they read faces at a much more sensitive level than a man does. So they're really sensitive to body language, the words you're using, the vocal tone, all those types of things. They feel. That's what estrogen does. It enhances the emotional feeling of a moment, of words, of experiences. So it's important to understand that. Um, Julia T. Wood says, you know, when you're communicating like this, you women will typically use phrases with each other such as, you must feel terrible or uh, tell me more about what happened i really hear what you're saying those are all kind of um, connected type words to build closeness and support and understanding right they're not telling the other person what to do or trying to solve their problem it's really about connection and harmony again being accepted and heard so that's that's those are the main goals of female communication what they're looking for it's to be open and connect to feel heard and accepted and supported and safe it's nothing to do with sharing my problems all right so um, when we look at men how they use communication what Julia says is um, they men use communication and language to assert themselves to attract people and make give them an audience so they can be listened to, to compete with others for the stage to control. Um, and so a couple of key words uh, come out here is that men use language to compete, to achieve, um, to evoke goal-seeking behavior. Men like to fix things, don't they? You want to listen for the problem, find out what it is, tell her how to fix it. Tell anybody how to fix it. That's goal-seeking behavior. 
Goal-seeking behavior is driven by testosterone and dopamine. And testosterone enhances the effects of dopamine. That's what makes men, especially men who are more um, masculine essence, want to achieve, get things done, fix, do. But that's counter to the female style of communication. So you can see how these two things clash, right? Okay, so how exactly do we make our partners feel heard? It's not an easy thing. It takes skill and practice and learning how to do it. Um, first of all, if I were to say, what, what specific things do I do to make my partner feel that I'm listening to them? I would say I want them to feel accepted in what they're telling me and how they feel, right? I want to make them feel heard. I want them to feel supported that if they are, if my partner's telling me something about how she feels, she needs space, for example, uh, I, don't, I don't want to have conflict with her. I want her to make her feel accepted, heard, and supported in the notion that she wants space. And if I do that, she'll feel better about me. She'll feel a greater connection with me. I want to make her feel emotionally safe, which means I'm not hostile to her, I'm not questioning her. I am open and accessible in my communication. I wanna, of course, be open. I wanna establish openness with her. If I'm challenging her or asking her questions about why she feels that way, she's more likely to close off. If she comes to me, my girlfriend, and says, hey, I, I just, I can't be with you anymore. I just, I, I care for you and love you, but I'm not in love with you. And the first thing I say is, what are you talking about? How could you not? We've been together for years. You've told me you love me. You just told me you love me a couple of weeks ago. She's definitely not going to feel heard or accepted. She's going to be frustrated with you. He's not listening to me, right? Okay, so how do we listen? And we're going to go through two steps. First of all, we listen with our bodies. And I'm going to talk about what that means. Well, how do we listen with our bodies exactly? Well, I'm going to get into that in one second. First, with our bodies. Second, with the language and the words that we use. Okay, so number one, how do we listen with our bodies? Well, let's just go into a little bit on body language. If you look at the research on body language, 85 Anywhere from 85, some people say, to 93% of communication is nonverbal, which means we communicate with the body. Um, and if you look at it from an evolutionary standpoint, I think spoken language, words, communication with words is about 250,000 to 300,000 years ago. Now, obviously, at that time, it was rudimentary. It started with grunts and things like that, and it's evolved since then. So that's relatively young in the basis of, of humanoids and human beings and our ancestors who are millions of years old. And so body language and grunts and pointing and looking at each other to try to communicate with each other is millions of years old, much older than spoken language. It is deeply embedded in our DNA and our bodily instincts, so we know when somebody else is gesticulating with their hands or with their body, what it's telling us instinctively. We understand it. 
That's why body language is so powerful. I understand when I look at somebody's face and I'm telling them something, and if they're getting angry or they're clenching their, their, their teeth, they're getting defensive or they're getting upset. I don't need them to express that with words. I can feel it. Now think about the feminine and the female. They are feeling creatures. And what I mean by that is um, they feel things much more intensely. We just talked about it and why. Estrogen helps them to encode emotions at a much deeper and sensitive level. So they are much more sensitive to your body language um, than you would be to theirs or to another man's, right? Okay, so body language is key and important. They're going to pick up, uh, if your partner is telling you something you don't want to hear and you're getting tense or upset, she's going to feel it. And if she feels you getting tense or upset in your body, your face is getting stressed, your, your breathing gets hard, faster, she senses something's wrong with you that makes her uncomfortable. So having control over our body is key. All right, what do we want to do in terms of how we listen with our body? First and foremost, I want to be calm and relaxed. If my partner is telling me something that she feels is going to upset me, but I'm calm and relaxed, she'll be relieved. She might be a little confused about how he's handling things so well, but it makes her feel safer, right? If you're fidgety or your bodily movement is too fast, makes somebody feel um, that you're anxious and makes them feel uncomfortable and anxious. So I want to be calm, relaxed, nice breath. I want to have open and accessible body language, which means I'm not closed off. My arms aren't closed, my legs aren't crossed, I'm open and accessible. I want to be engaging in eye contact, safe eye contact. I'm not staring at my partner. I have eye contact. Um, if she is not maintaining 100% eye contact, she's looking away. I'll look away a little bit to, to kind of match her, but I'll maintain greater eye contact than she will. I'll be having what's called a Duchenne smile, which is like a soft expression of understanding. Like if you pass somebody in the hallway at work, you might each give each other that curt smile of recognition, right? It's a friendly, open, submissive, cooperative gesture that you can do if someone's speaking to you. I am nodding my head as I'm listening and I'm using extended eye contact as I can. I'm raising my eyebrows, eyebrows as I nod my head. I tilt my head to the side, the left side. I tilt it to the right side. That is another um, expression of submission and openness. I'm exposing my neck to you. Um, that is an ancient body language of submission. So I can do that. I can have my palms open when I'm speaking. All of these things that I'm doing are paced um, at a nice even flow. Not too fast, not too slow. If I'm doing it too fast, I can come off as anxious and that can make my partner feel uncomfortable. If I do it too slow, they can feel that I'm staring at them, right? I don't want to do that either. So I want to practice these things and have a nice even flow and performance of delivery. When my partner is talking to me, I'm engaging in eye contact. 
soft, open and accessible body and face, nodding my head from time to time, raising my eyebrows, soft face, Duchesne smiles inter interspersed within there. But you have to practice these things. I'm gonna tell you how, you how you can do it, but I wanna flow with her, not too fast, not too slow. Um, ways you can practice are um, quick. First and foremost, to do extended eye contact with somebody, maintain eye contact the entire time while you're speaking to them, requires up to 60% more cognition. So more energy in your brain to do it. it. Takes more work to do. So it's harder. It's harder to engage in for long periods of time. So the more you practice it, the more he becomes um, second nature, the less cognition you actually need to perform it because it becomes natural and it gets easier, right? So that's one reason you want to practice. Um, one way to do this is what I call mirror work. So I can draw a face on the mirror with eyes and I can draw a woman or a man and then I can practice looking into the mirror, listening to um, that figure that I've drawn, speaking to it. And I can watch myself in the mirror while I do this. I can also take my iPhone or a video camera and record myself and watch myself after and pace, pace myself while I'm doing my performance. So again, I'm looking into the mirror, I'm listening, I'm nodding my head, um, I have an open body, I'm open and accessible, I have tilting my head from time to time, raising my eyebrows, doing Duchesne smiles, and then I monitor and reflect upon my performance, right? One thing you can do to kind of get the right emotional mood for difficult conversations, for example, if you know your partner is going to talk to you about something difficult, three steps. Number one, stand tall, feet apart, hands at your side. That's a confident power pose and it helps to make you feel more confident. Number two, do a sequence of deep breathing while you're standing there. Four seconds in through your nose, hold for four seconds, out deep through your mouth for four seconds, do it for one minute. So that's about six cycles. And then smile repeatedly. We know that when you uh, activate um, facial expressions, it has the follow-on effect of activating emotions associated. So if I smile, I'll be in a better mood. I'm just trying to be confident, relaxed, and in a good mood when my partner talks to me and prepare. And if I know what my partner might be talking about, I can prepare for that kind of a talk. If she wants space, for example, or if I think she's going to break up with me, or even if things are just going great, but I want to do good work to prepare, I can do this. Whatever common scenarios that you might be um, preparing for, practice those. Practice things that are wild cards. Doing this will make you more effective. It's just like rehearsing. Their lines, they get it down, it becomes natural. The more natural it is, the more your partner will feel heard, right? A couple of things about um, eye contact that we know and why it's super, super effective if you're really, really good at it and master it. It makes the other person feel heard special, accepted, understood. Number one, if I engage in extended eye contact with somebody, I mean, both our eyes are maintaining contact 30, 30 to 60 seconds or more, 
The research shows that your body and their body will release oxytocin. And if your body releases oxytocin, how do you feel? It's more safer, more calm, more trusting. That's how your partner will feel if you do that successfully. And that's a great thing, right? And they feel good. I've done it many, many, many times. And when you do it, many times you'll feel this kind of warm sensation come over your body. That's the oxytocin release. And it's a chemical. Number two, when you engage in eye contact and you have an interest in somebody else, your pupils dilate. And the other person will pick this up subconsciously. Dilated pupils on somebody are more attractive, but that shows interest. So the other person will instinctively know that you're taking a greater interest in them. They will likely feel special and heard. That's how it works with the body. That's why it's so key. So first we listen with the body. Second, we listen with the words and the language that we use. If my partner comes to me, and here's an example, and says, I love you, but I'm, I'm not in love with you anymore. I'm just not happy. I want, I care for you as a friend, but I just can't be with you as my, as your girlfriend anymore. How do I make her feel heard, accepted, understood, and supported? I say to her, and I understand. And if that's how you feel, because I care about you and I, I do love you, I would never ask you to be in a relationship with me because I do care about you too much. And if this is what you feel you need, although I would want our relationship to work, I will support you 100%. I guarantee any woman who hears that, well, she'll be shocked, first of all, because no woman, women don't expect a man to say a little bit confused, but they will feel accepted, heard, understood, and more emotionally safe and open with you. I guarantee you that. Um, so we use words and language like that, but again, we already talked about this from the research that Julia T. Wood did, and you're using language such as tell me more, or I really feel bad for you, or I accept how you feel. Separation, although it's not what I want, I would never do try to keep you in, in a marriage or with me if you didn't feel that way, because how you feel is too important. See the emphasis on feeling and connection and understanding and acceptance? All those things are key to listening. So first of all, we listen with the body. And it takes practice. It's your mirror work. Second is the right type of language. And we can use connected type words and language. We can rephrase what our partner is saying. We can tell them that they, I understand and, and I, I support, if this is what you need, I support you 100%. Using that type of language gets at the essence of the heart of relationships and feelings and connecting and establishing relationships. And those are the primary goals of why women and females communicate. All right, so there we go. How to listen to your partner on this episode of the Climbing Henge Podcast.